What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast. We thank you guys for tuning in. Happy New Year, of course. Hopefully, uh, 2021 is better than 2020. I mean, there's not... You can't you can't really do much worse, right? I mean, you probably could. Right. I should probably stop before I get ahead of myself. But you, you know, hopefully this year's better. Uh, we got a lot to get to today. The Denver Nuggets. I mean, man, ooh, struggle bus. Should we be panicking? Should we be slightly concerned? Uh, a little concerned? Not concerned at all. We'll talk about that. The Denver Broncos. We made it 17 weeks. They're going into their final game of the year against the Oakland final. Raiders. Yeah, yeah. It's uh the pain. It's almost over. Yes. Rest rest up, sweet kings. They can't hurt us anymore. Okay. So we'll we'll discuss that, preview that, and uh if it's best for the Broncos listen, if it's if it is best for the Broncos <laughs> to lose this game or win this game, I think you, you know guys know where we're gonna go. People, there's actually people out there that believe that winning this game is more important. Yeah. Well, those are the, you know, the super, super diehards that just care about, you know, that think that one win against a non-playoff Raiders team can switch a culture, which is what I was yelled at about last year when I said that they should lose games. And people are like, you're stupid. Winning or losing creates losing culture. Winning creates a winning culture. And I was like, well, we've still been been losing. You've been losing for the past four years. So you're already in a losing culture. That's (laughs) That's insane. That's exactly what I was trying to explain to people. But, you know, apparently that just doesn't get through all the time. But we'll talk about all that stuff. Uh, where do you want to get to first? You want to, tar- you want to start with the Nuggets? You want to start with the Broncos? Uh, let's get the Nuggets over with. Okay. I'm... Yeah. Well, they started off 0-2. Uh, the, clip- the first Kings game, you know what? That's just lackadaisical. They let their foot off the gas pedal. And, you know, despite Will Barton not saying in a postgame... I mean, you got to go hard to the hoop. I mean, it's overtime. If he dunks that, they go up four with like 40 seconds left. The game is pretty much out of reach. Instead, he lollygags to the hoop, gets it blocked by De'Aaron Fox, and the rest is history. We know how that goes. The Clippers game, listen, I'm not going to put too much stock into that game. The Clippers were ultra motivated for that one. Um, The Nuggets had one of those historically bad nights shooting um and the clippers had one of those just unconscious nights they could hit everything when patrick beverly went two of three from three and Serge Ibaka and nick batum were just hitting every shot i was just like okay yeah there's just there's just no way and jamal murray in that game i mean to his credit he showed up in in the fourth quarter i think it was or was that the king's game um was in the Kings game. Okay. I mean, the second Kings game. Or he didn't oh, play the second Kings game. So, yeah, it was the Clippers game. So, yeah, I mean, he he started off slow in that Clippers game. And I'm like, okay, I'm not feeling this. And then he turns it on in the fourth quarter, um, scores the majority of his points there. But at that point, the game's already out of reach. And, you know, there was a point in the game where he had an open three late in the game in the fourth quarter, where if he hits that, they knock it down to eight, completely changes momentum. Instead, he misses it. And the Clippers, I believe, went down and hit a three. And then now you're down 14 again. So there's that game. You beat the Houston Rockets. Good. Uh, Houston is a <laughs> struggling team this year. Uh, James Harden is still there, so that's still a competitive team. So a good win there. And then you go to the Kings on a back-to-back. <sighs> Listen, 
that's a team that you should beat. But again, the Nuggets, they had a great third quarter. They were up nine, I think, going into the fourth. And then they just looked out of gas. And they were taking bad shots. Uh, Jokic just didn't really play aggressive in the in the fourth quarter, I didn't think. Um, Jamal Murray obviously sat out with an injured elbow. So that didn't really help matters. And now you're sitting at one and three. You're um, fourth in the division. And here's here's what I'll say. Well, have you heard about Porter? Yes, I did see that today that he's going to be out tonight, which I don't think bodes well um, because they're playing the. He'll be out multiple games. Yeah, yeah. Due to the COVID protocol. And in those next few games tonight, you have Phoenix, so that doesn't bode well because Phoenix is playing really well, obviously. Uh, And then you got Minnesota, who's first in the division. They're only at two and two, but you have a home and away with Minnesota. So you go Phoenix tonight. Sunday you go to Minnesota. Tuesday you're here at Minnesota, and then Thursday you have you have Dallas. So I would assume that maybe MPJ is back by that Dallas game. Maybe not. Um, That's next Thursday. So maybe he's back in time for that. Maybe he's back for that Philadelphia game. But that's a hellacious stretch right there. Phoenix, Minnesota twice, Dallas, and Philadelphia. And this is what I told you. I told you I was concerned with their start. And now me betting the under, like me choosing the under on that 45, I feel really good about it now. Because, listen, it's just their their schedule to start is really tough. Um, But also I think, too, and I'll say this first. I don't think we should be panicking. Now, should there be some some acknowledgement of some red flags? Yes. Listen, the Nuggets are going to be a tough watch on defense all year this year. That's just not going to happen. That that's just going to be a given. They're going to have to outscore guys, uh, teams every game. Um, and then again, you know, you have Jamal Murray. It's it's okay. We're only three, four games in, but we're seeing signs of same old, same old Jamal. So that's, you know, something to keep an eye on. Jokic looks incredible. I mean, he's almost averaging a triple double through, through all these games. And then outside of that, I mean, the bench unit is just, you don't know what you're going to get there. Um, Will Barton looks like Will Barton can't shoot consistently, but I mean, he can take it to the hole. So it's just, there's a lot of things that, that, that should be some red flags on this team. Am I concerned? No. Do I think they suck? No, because I'm looking at Tankathon right now, and if the season just ended today, uh, you know, Memphis, they were a playoff team last year. Uh, I get, you know, um, John Morant's hurt now, but they're one in three. Uh, Dallas, I mean, that's a team that a guy like Max Kellerman had as his sleeper. Uh, they're one in three. You obviously have the Nuggets at one and three. Houston's one and two. Toronto's one and three. Milwaukee's two and three. Portland's two and two, a team that I thought could make it to the Western Conference Finals. So it's early, and also I, I don't think it should be—I I don't think it should be surprising to people that teams that didn't play a lot in the bubble are some of the best teams in the league. And I'm looking at you, Orlando, at four and one. I'm Orlando, looking, Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta. Well, Atlanta. I mean, that's that's a team with a lot of talent. <laughs> like they 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 might make a lot of noise in the playoffs. Um, that game versus Brooklyn. They scored, it was 140 points for both teams in regulation. You don't see that type of score end in regular. That's an overtime score. They did that in regulation. So I think part of it, listen, I think part of it is, yes, there's real weaknesses on this Nuggets team. Yes, that we can acknowledge. Also, I don't think we can discount the fact that, and I had this kind of back and forth with someone on Twitter the other day, that there's a real fatigue I think a mental fatigue and probably some physical t- fatigue that the Nuggets are facing right now. I mean, they had 87 days 
to turn around from playoff intensity, high, you know, energy level of play. And now you're back to this. And the, the argument against it is, oh, they're a young team. This should benefit them. Well, yeah. And then the guy compared it, which I thought it was pretty funny. He was like, I used to party and drink like six nights a week and then go to my job at 6 a.m. And I'm like, well, you can't really compare your party benders to playing a 82, 72 game regular basketball season where that's physical wear and tear and mental wear and tear, the travel and all that stuff. So I think there's some of that, too. And we know Jamal Murray hated the the short time off. I mean, at, at his media day, he was he was pissed off about it. So I think part of it is that, too. I think there's some real fatigue there. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of both things, uh, both things. Um, but if we get like 15, 20 games in and the Nuggets are still looking like this, then then I'm going to be concerned. I think I still think they'll be fine. I still think they'll be a playoff team. Um, I might have to lower my expectations because I think you had them in the top three, right? I had them like four through six, I think. Um, if I, yeah, I, I had them in top three, but I'll, I'll say this. I mean, if you look at the top three, well, here, first thing, uh, if you look at the teams that all played in the conference finals, so you got the Heat, who are two and two. Um, it was the Celtics, right? That was yes, yes. The Celtics are three and two. The Lakers are three and two. Uh, and Denver is one and three. So when you look at the conference, you know, the teams that play in the conference finals, they're all right around the same. Like everyone has, you know, all all four teams have two or more losses. So it, it, it is it is partly, you know, the that that short break where it's it's just I thought initially going into the season I thought it would actually help teams because I thought these other teams wouldn't I just I when when you're when you don't play a game for so long I just thought it would it would really hurt some of these teams just shooting wise I thought shooting percentages would be lower with those teams and and whatever um and to some degree it is, but there's other teams like Cleveland who started three and oh. you know, Atlanta's three and one right now. Orlando's started four and oh. So I I think it's that that break did help some teams. Again though, I also think that Atlanta's really good. Um Cleveland has lost two straight, so they're falling back to Earth. Orlando got destroyed last night by Philly. Um, the only two teams, like Philly's four and one and, and, and Philly's a good team. I think they came out motivated, new head coach, that motivation is there for them to prove something. Um, Indiana, they're always, they always tend to start off really fast. So I, I, it's hard to get a read on them. Uh, and then the Clippers, I mean, obviously they have something to prove. And so they're going to come out and, you know, and just play hard every night. Um, I'll say this though. I don't know if the Nuggets were in conversations about Chris Paul, but they really should have gone for him because he has changed Phoenix completely. Uh, and that's a guy that would have really helped this team. Uh, and it's just that's that's tough. Phoenix is Phoenix. They might be a top three seed this year. Phoenix is good. They're really really good and chris paul is just a perfect fit there 
Yeah, and, well, and it feels like Devin Booker is really stepping into that prime of his career. Like he is like just entering the peak of his powers right now. Well, it's not like they're just an offensive team. Like you would think that Phoenix team would just be, you know, 120 points given 110. They are they are giving up the least amount of points per game right now throughout the season in five games. They've played the most games out of all the teams uh, tied with a bunch, and they have given up the least amount. Them, New Orleans, and then Philly. Think about this, though. Those are There are only three teams in the league right now giving up less than 100 points per game. Those are the three. Phoenix, New Orleans, and Philly. That tells you there's a lot of tired legs out there. A lot. Yeah, I agree. I agree, 100%. And that's why I think... That's why I don't know how much, and I know Nuggets fans are going to hate it, but I just don't know how how realistic it is to expect this team to do and, and duplicate and replicate what they did last year. Well, I'll, I'll say this. I, I think when it comes to the play, I think motiv- motivation is a big factor in this regular season. And I think as long as they make the playoffs, you got to get there in the West is it's going to be tough. And I think they do. And when they do, I think, I think when it comes down to the playoffs, they are going to be a tough, a, a tough out. And we've all, we, we've seen it the last two years. I mean, they are a team that they, they elevate in the playoffs. They're most, they're two most important players. They elevate in the playoffs. Um, and you can't say that about a lot of teams in the league. So that's something where I'm not worried about them in the playoffs really at all. Uh, we also haven't seen Jermichael Green. Uh, and we are still working out a lot of kinks with MPJ in that starting lineup. So, obviously, him being out these next few games, that's going to really hurt that. Um, but, like, like you said, I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned. I'm not panicking. Um, but once you start to see, like, I, I would say once you get to March... That's where I, I would even I would because I think they're gonna hover right around five hundred for a while. Um, I wouldn't be shocked after thirty games they're like seventeen and thirteen. Um, and then I I I would I would say right around March is where they should kick it up a notch, and you're gonna start seeing the really good teams like the Lakers, the Nuggets, hopefully. Um, Teams like uh, Boston, Milwaukee, those teams that were that were deep playoff teams a year ago, Miami, once they get Jimmy Butler back, you're going to start to see a change. You're going to start to see a shift in the standings. Yeah. And those teams will, will quickly rise up because they're going to go on winning streaks. They're going to focus in. Uh, those teams right now, I really don't think they care right now. I don't think Denver cares right now. I don't think the Lakers really care right now. Um, Boston, they they cared that first game, and then, eh, you know. So, I don't know. Another weird thing too, and I want to get your take on this is the scheduling, with a lot of teams playing each other back to back. Um, I, I hate it. I don't know about you. I hate it. I I do not like it. Um, I I get it. I I get why, and it makes sense. But man, I, I, yeah, it's, it's not, it's not good. I think, I think it it would be better if they decided that, see, here's what I hate. If you're going to do that, do it like you're, they're going to have to do Phoenix uh, in late, 
later this month on the 22nd and 23rd where it's a home and home for Phoenix or, you know, make it at one spot. Don't have them travel to one place and then the other. And ba- I, I don't like that. Now, now, granted, if I would prefer not to have them do this, um, usually there's one a year. Each team will usually right. have just one a year. Yeah, I prefer uh-huh. them not to do this. Um, and they, they do. It's not something that's completely new. But if if they're going to do it, I'd rather them do it like that. Just have it in one place because I think the travel kind of accentuates it a little bit. But yeah, I'm not a fan of it, but I mean, I get it. Like you meant the logistical part of it. You have to, to get these games in somehow. My biggest concern right now, and Michael Malone has talked about this a little bit, is the minutes that the, the Nuggets starters, uh, specifically Jokic and Murray are playing right now. The bench uh, is off. Yeah. And that's, that's a part of it is, you know, and they asked Malone about this and he said, well, part of the reason I have to play these guys so much is because our, our bench is struggling. So once we get that figured out, I would love to rest Nicola. Like Nicole is at 38 minutes right now and Jamal's at uh, 34 and MPJ's at 29. I would love for them to, to get that around 25 30 max but i if we could hover between that 24 to 27 28 range for those guys right now that would be awesome but you need your bench to to do better and and the nuggets aren't doing that right now and if you do that say if you give the nuggets that rest well then you're flirting with with how you're playing right now then you're flirting with you know having to fight like you know hell to to keep in the playoff race uh once things you know kind of get down the stretch here but that's the trade-off. Do you play all these guys heavy minutes now and then maybe rest them later? That's just something I think bear something to keep an eye on um, as we as we get through the season. It's just the minutes and the load because I'm just worried. And that was one of my concerns that we talked about before the season is just the minutes. How much are we going to play this? Right now, I think for the Nuggets, let's just get into the playoffs. Any way we can do it, let's just get in. Because once we're in, I think this team could be a problem. It's unlikely that there's probably going to be any fans, um, if at all, uh, at these playoff games. I mean, maybe there will be, you know, best case, like 6,000, you know, 10,000. That that even seems like a lot. But maybe there'll be like some sort of presence of fans at these games. But it's not going to be the same type of home court advantage that we're used to in the playoffs. So I think at this point, if I'm alone, as much as you want to win these early games, maybe you just game manage a little bit for the first month, month and a half of the season like the Lakers are. I mean, LeBron's playing 17 minutes or 20 or uh, let's see. He's at well, I guess he's at 31 minutes a night. And Anthony, that that doesn't seem right. 30, 30 minutes for those guys. Oh, that's uh, that doesn't seem right. They're already playing 30. Wow. All right. Um, I, I would think though that the Nuggets would want to keep that lower, and I think the Lakers would too. Uh, thirty-three for LeBron and, and thirty-one for AD. That seems like a lot for a team that's coming off the finals. But I think right now, let's game manage for about the first month, month and a half. If we can get out of that, couple games over five hundred, five hundred, I think that's best. But we've got to be aware of of how much we're using these guys. And something we talked about with Ryan Blackburn. I mean, we got to stagger stagger minutes with the starters yeah. in, the, in the in the bench unit, and I think we saw that a little bit more in that last couple games where Jokic was on the floor. Um, has to be one of those guys. Now, obviously, MPJ won't be because he's going to miss the next few games, but has to be either Murray or Jokic out there. Um, even Will Barton now uh, with that second unit it just has to be. Yeah, the the not staggering minutes. That's. Um... 
I, every great team does it. So I don't know. I don't know why Malone doesn't want to do it. Um, you know, going into the season, there was all this talk about, oh, you know, look how great the bench is and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, Compazzo is, he is, he's not good. He's not good. I, I, I hate to say it, and I know a lot of fans love him. He is, he's not good. He can't score. Uh, even if he gets to the rim, he can't score there because he's he's too small. Um, he his passing sure is really good, but the there's a lot of turnovers, so it it just counters it. He he needs to be out of the rotation. You need to shrink it. You really need to, and and it doesn't really make sense when you want to, I guess, limit your minutes. But your bench needs to play more minutes. Uh, so if you if you go down to a nine man rotation, then that means Barton needs to play twenty five. Guys like uh, 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 Monte need to play like twenty. Um, you know, whatever your bench needs to needs to play more minutes because Compazzo isn't good enough. Um, I I don't know. I don't know if you want to just throw a ball ball in there and replace them. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at if you look at the minutes right now, Monte's playing 27. So that's good. Will is playing close to 27. But then this is where it needs to raise. Hartenstein needs more than nine. That's going to help Jokic's minutes. Uh, PJ Dozier, I would get him up to 20. Um, and then when, you know, obviously, Jamaica Green coming back will probably knock Composo out of the rotation, I'm guessing. And he'll take that seven to 10 minutes. I would even play him up to 15. Uh, and, and those guys need to play in between 15 and 27 minutes per game. And and that will at least lower Jokic's numbers. Um, Jamal down to thirty, even Gary. Gary's playing thirty-one right now. Um, so yeah, Paul Millsap, you didn't get him down to like twenty-two, twenty-three. So it's just, I I don't know what other options you have. You know, looking at this roster, you got a lot of young talent, but the problem is that Malone doesn't trust any of your young talent. So it really makes your bench a lot worse when he doesn't trust anyone. And maybe that's just, you know, the the three guys that left, he trusted a lot. He trusted Jeremy Grant. He trusted Mason Plumlee a lot. He trusted Torrey Craig. So you just, maybe he's just trying to figure out who he wants to trust. But he, Malone needs to figure it out because, and he needs to start trusting guys because you can't. He just can't play this hardball thing with with this with, with these guys right now. It's it's early in the season. You're playing Jokic thirty eight minutes. You just can't. You can't play hardball with these guys. You have to. You have to let these young guys grow. I, that's the only way to get the Jokic's minutes down. Uh, Jamal's minutes down. You just yeah. have to trust these young guys and. I don't know. He just has trust issues, and it's it's driving me nuts. I mean, even a guy like Hartenstein, he should be getting fifteen minutes a game, not nine. I 
I don't I don't get it. Yeah, and I I think it makes me think of something that Matt Moore said shortly after um you know the playoffs ended and and we had him on on the show, not our show, but the show that I work on here in town. And one thing he said is that he thinks with this Nuggets season, and this was before any preseason anything like that. He said, I think the Nuggets will be a worse regular season team, but I think they'll be fine come playoff time. And one of the reasons why the Nuggets have been so great in the regular season is because why? Because they have a deep bench, right? That's that's all we've heard for years is how deep their bench is and they're, you know, eight, nine, ten deep. The Nuggets don't seem to have that right now. And I think that completely, you know, coincides with what Matt was saying because what what happens when it comes to the playoffs? The the lineup shrink to seven, eight, maybe right. nine guys, and I would say the Nuggets have a really good seven to nine guys. I mean, Nikola, MPJ, uh, Jamal, Monte, Will, Paul, Gary's gonna be in there. What is that? So that's that's seven right there. I mean, you would figure Hartenstein is probably gonna be in there. That's eight, and then. Jermichael Green. Green or PJ Dozer Dozier. So I think come playoffs, I think it'll it'll be fine. But right now, what we're seeing is a team that's kind of out of and another thing too is they have to get chemistry down. When you lose three guys like that who are in tune with this team, you have to find ways to fit this new team together. And that's also part of the reason for the struggles. And part of that too is they have a uh, a second year player, third year player, I guess second though, if you don't really count that first year that he sat out and MPJ in the starting lineup. And they're still trying to figure out where he's working out uh, with the team. And that's what Jokic was asked the other night. And he, he said, you know, we're still finding how to utilize him best and how to get him the ball. Speaking of Jeremy Grant, though, you mentioned him. He's the leading scorer over there in Detroit. I mean, it's looking like it's paying off early 23 points per game. Uh, six rebounds. He's shooting. He's only shooting thirty-seven percent from three. If you round up, forty-seven from the field, fifty-six from the from two point. But well, that that proves my point to where he is, he's a he wants to be a wing guy. He wants to be a three. Um, the the Nuggets wanted him at the four, and I I didn't see it. Uh, even if the, when the Nuggets kept him, I did not see him being a four. I I just the way he plays, the way he wants to play, it's just it it doesn't work like that. Uh, so that was you know I I remember when we were talking about you know with him in the rotation, I just didn't I mentioned I had mentioned you know put him at the three, uh, and have MPJ come off the bench along with Barton, and find someone else at the four or start Paul at the four, um, and that's what they did in the playoffs. They they started Jeremy Grant essentially at the three. So that's, you know, he, he does not, he did not want to be a power forward. He did not want to play inside. He did not want to guard those guys. Uh, he wants to be a wing guy. And we'll see how, that's why I said that Jermichael Green would, is a better fit in Denver just because he's willing to play that role that they need him to play when, especially when they need MPJ to be starting at the three. So, we will see when Jamichael Green gets back. I'm very curious to see how that works out. Um, but I, man, I'm telling you, if James Harden is, I mean, if you have enough, that's the issue, right? <laughs> because I saw a lot of that on Twitter too. Was after that Houston game, you're seeing what this Nuggets team is doing. You're like, okay. 
this is a good team, but the ceiling feels way more visible and present with this team than it did with last year's team. Um, even, even at least in the playoffs. Um, now things could change. I mean, great. And we're only four games in, so things could change, but it feels like the nuggets don't have enough scoring, um, outside of, you know, well, I guess it just depends on what you're going to get from MPJ because when MPJ is in there, he doesn't. And someone also pointed this out on Twitter the other night. MPJ has had his best shooting nights and best performances when Jamal's not playing. And I think that makes sense because obviously Jamal needs the ball. Jamal's going to take those shots. Uh, and then those shots go to MPJ. Like in that Sacramento game, I think he had 30, 30 and 10 in that game. So he looked great. But when Jamal is in, he's relegated to the stand in the corner well, guy. I'll and when we swing it so. to you. MPJ, yes, he's averaging 19 a game and he's had a couple of really good games. But when you look at the plus minus, if you look at the plus minus in that Sacramento game, every starter was in the plus. MPJ was minus nine. His he defense is still questionable. He had the lowest. Well, he's giving up more than he's giving. That's the problem. I don't care if your defense is questionable. You cannot give up more than what you're giving up or more than what you're giving. You cannot do that. So that's the issue with MPJ is like if you're if you're giving if you're giving us 30, but you're giving up 20, fine. Right. Or if you're giving up 20, but you're giving up or if you're giving in 20, but you're giving up 15, fine. But you cannot give us 30 and then give 40. Like you, you, you cannot do that. I mean, that's it's... essentially what he did. He gave 30 points. He was a minus nine. He gave up 40. Yeah. I mean, but that's that's the epitome of the MPJ experience. But what do we want to do? Do we want to ride through those pains now? That way, hopefully he corrects that later. Or do you want to stay? Because this is why Malone kept him in the role that he did. OK, now you're seeing it. Yeah, I, <laughs> so. I, I, I get it. You, you've got to, you know, you, you got to work it out. But the problem is there's no one. be here. Here's the problem with this team. And maybe with Jermichael Green coming back, it'll help. But there's no one behind him that's going to help him defensively. Jokic is Jokic can't help him because Jokic can barely take care of himself defensively, right? He's Jokic can he's an underrated defender, but he as as far as help defense is it's not yeah. there. And individually, um, he's he's questionable at times. I mean, dude, Paul Millsap looks like he's eighty out there. Uh, you know, his defense is no longer a reason why he should be in the starting lineup. It, it's just not there anymore um so you know if when jamaica green comes back he's gonna be on the bench at first but that's something that's gonna have to change uh and you know gary gary's been fine i i'm not really concerned about gary um but paul Millsap looks i mean he he just (laughs) he looks like a guy who needs to retire I that's so I don't know if there's a power forward out there that they can go out and get um in a trade or anything like that unless Jermichael Green really is the answer which I mean I think Jermichael Green can be better than what Paul Millsap is giving you uh but I don't know how much the, the problem is they don't have anyone to help MPJ out there it's funny though when when you um there was a lineup that they had at one point in the preseason where they had Bol Bol, 
Hartenstein and MPJ, and they were playing a zone. So Bobo was in the middle. Hartenstein and MPJ were uh, were the two others uh, lower, and that that helped a lot. Uh, and their defense was actually great because one, the guards were were playing really well up top, but MPJ you can hide him in a zone, and not only that, he has two bigs behind him that are great help defense. Right, Bobo isn't very good one on one defensively, but he's a great help defender, and so that zone allows him to be solely a help defender. Uh, so I I think I think this is a team that if you know if that's something that you want to run in the future, you need to run a zone with them because they have the length to to run a zone, and I think I don't know how. Effective. The, the problem is, I don't think Nikola Jokic is effective in his own. So that's where you run into issues. I don't know unless you have him out on the wing and you have someone else in the center, because I just don't think you know Nikola Jokic. I just don't think is a good help defender. So I, that it's just there's a lot of defensive issues with this team, and I don't know how you fix that in the future other than moving Jokic to a power forward and you go out and get someone like an Andre Drummond, like a, a big center to play. Yeah. There That's why I think we were hoping for like a guy like Serge Ibaka to come in, you know, someone to stabilize that, that unit. And I, I don't think they can <laughs> fix it to be honest with you. I think this is just what it's just going to be. I mean, unless they trade for somebody, but I think this is just what we're going to have to roll with for this year. And it's it's ultimately going to get them eliminated in the playoffs because they're going to run up against a team with wings like the Clippers or the Lakers, um, and they can't stay in front of those guys. Uh, I mean, listen, they're getting cooked by Harrison Barnes. So if if you can't stay well, in front of Harrison Barnes, then there's no way you're staying in front of a guy like LeBron, uh, AD, Kawhi, Paul George. It's I mean, Sacramento with this. Sacramento is hitting everything on Denver. I I don't know what it is about Sacramento and, and Denver, but it's been like that the last couple of years too. Well, and like, De'Aaron Fox gives them issues too. Like nobody can stay in front of him. They just they hit everything, and it's just one of those teams. Like that's just a bad matchup. Again, the NBA, especially right now, is it's all about matchups. It's not necessarily who's the better team. A lot of times, um, if you have a good matchup and you do a good job of taking advantage of it. I mean, you're more than more times than not going to win. So that's why, like, that's why the playoffs are so important in, in matchups and not necessarily what seed you are. So I, I don't know. I mean, look, Nikola Jokic, he's incredible. Jamal Murray needs to figure it out. Uh, even in his good game, it wasn't good, uh, at least in my opinion. Um, and what he needs to be, it wasn't a good game to me. Uh, it was his best game of the season, but wasn't a good game. Um, but yeah, Nikola Jokic. I mean, he's if this team starts winning games, he's in the he's the front runner to win MVP. I oh mean, yeah, he's he's making a hell of a case right now for he's, MVP. He's averaging 25, 13 and a half assists, and 11 rebounds. Yeah, he's averaging more assists than rebounds. A center is averaging more assists than rebounds. Um, his PER is, th- it's just, he's 
but again, he's playing 38 minutes. So, you know, uh, that's that's going to go down, which therefore his, his numbers will go down. But like I said, before the season started, we were making our bull predictions. And I said if MPJ and Jamal Murray take more of the scoring load, Nikola Jokic will average a triple-double. And you're... And I think you're seeing when, especially with MPJ out there, because Jokic gets a lot of assists off of MPJ, um, whether it's his contested threes or his cutting or just like dump offs. Um, he's going to get, if MPJ averages 20 a game this year, I'm telling you, Jokic is going to average triple double. Yeah. And he, he very m- well may. Coming off of MPJ. Yeah. Yep. It's, in, it's insane. Like those two are really figuring it out. My 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 concern is Jamal and MPJ. That's my concern. But Jokic with anyone, I dude, Jokic could Jokic could play with anyone in the league. He could play with the most selfish player in the league, and he would be great. Yeah. He just he is so not he's he's just it's not just because he's so unselfish. He's just so good. He's mm-hmm. such a great passer, and he puts he puts teams in binds. And when you have that other great player, that great scorer, it, I'm telling. If James Harden came here, I'm telling you, you'd have two guys that would be averaging near triple doubles. I mean, MP, uh, like Jokic would be averaging 15, 11, and thirteen, and and Harden would be averaging twenty eight, you know, seven and nine. I it's just. Look, if I'm Denver, I'm and Jamal. If Jamal isn't figuring things out, I'm willing. I'm willing to give give up Jamal Murray for James Harden. I'm telling. I am. Wow, you have completely turned heel on Jamal. I did not see that coming. <laughs> well, <laughs> you have completely just one eighty on Jamal. The only reason, the only reason why I well, I think it's not necessarily one eighty on Jamal. It, some of it is, but I think it's more of one eighty on on James Harden. I think James Harden would have worked really well here. I I, I think it works. I think I he just works. I don't know. I don't I'm know. You, James Harden with the center, with a great center. It's look the Dwight Howard experience didn't work because Dwight Howard was terrible. James Harden with a center, I'm telling you, it's going to work. If you have a great center, like Philly, if he if Philly can get James Harden and pair him with Joel Embiid, I'm telling you it works. Nikola Jokic with James Harden will work. He needs a big. The way he plays, I'm it, it's it, I'm telling you it, it it just that I'm just, I'm just not convinced that he would change James his play Harden style. If James Harden goes, he doesn't need to change his play style. I think so. I mean, you're not coming with, to a team that's that's not uh, not with Jokic it, because remember, if you're if if Denver is training for James Harden, you're more than likely giving up Jamal. If you can keep MPJ great, and MPJ can still play the the way he's playing, I, look, your bench is going to be a lot shortened and you're gonna have to figure things out with the bench but i'm telling you Jokic and james harden i think would be great together i i think it works because of the way more 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 because i the way Jokic plays he is more than happy to average 15 a game but average 15 assists a game 
if if those two paired up, that's what the numbers would look like. He would average 15, 13, and 12. I mean, hell, he's averaging 13 assists right now. That's with it, guys who can't shoot consistently. I, I'm just... I, I get what you're I, saying. I, I, I do. Works. I do. I think it works. If I'm Denver, I'm taking... And Jamal Murray is... Like, I, I'm... I'm willing to wait till the trade deadline because I think Houston is going to wait till the trade deadline. And by the trade deadline, if Jamal isn't showing me anything, at least, at least to, to the point where, you know, because look, Houston is going to get desperate enough where they they want one young, really good piece. I don't think unless Jamal Murray comes out and he looks like the first game of the season throughout the first half of the whole season, then they probably won't take Jamal Murray. Even then, though, I think they'd be willing to like take a shot on him. Um, so all Jamal has to do is average his seventeen, whatever he's doing right now, seventeen four and three. You can you can get James Harden for Jamal Murray I without just, giving up on PJ. You I get give what up you're saying. And, and and Bull Bull or whatever you want to do, you can you can pull this off. I think I've cooled on the James Harden idea, and I get what you're saying. But if you did. Pair them up. I mean, you have two of the best playmakers in the NBA right now. Two of the highest IQ guys in the NBA. Two guys that could score at will at any at any moment. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine what a pick and roll would be like with those guys. There wouldn't be an ego issue. Well, I mean, not with Jokic. I, I just, I don't know. We we just, uh, just his personality, and uh, I mean, yes, on on paper, yes. I mean, that would be amazing. But just because it looks good on paper doesn't mean it always work. No, I'm not thinking about it on paper. I'm telling you, I, I think the way those two play, I think it works. I think it works. And and it's mainly because of Jokic. The way Jokic plays and his just the the way he thinks about the game, I it I, I think it fits. I, I think it fits really yeah. well. Well, and, I, and I definitely think it's something they'll have to think about. The last five, however many years, I really, <laughs> every time they've paired James Harden with a point guard, I'm like, what are you, why? What, you know, why are you doing it? He is a point guard. Don't, why are you putting another point guard with him? It, it just, I, I think it works. If James Harden goes to a team with a really good center, they are pretty much instantly going to be my favorites to win i mean we'll see uh, i i don't foresee him finishing the year out in houston and i i do agree with you though like if you're the nuggets you know it's okay you know we'll, we'll wait on jamal but i mean if we're getting to the trade deadline and he's still hovering around 16 right now he's at 17 7 so it's i mean it's right around his career average i think he's like 16 to 18 um, he's 17, four and two. I think before the year I said, can you give me like between 23 and 25 and like, uh, four and six, I think is where I was. Um, so uh, look, I haven't been a Jamal, you know, hater the last three, four years. No, Jamal's my, Jamal's my favorite player on the team. That's why I, I'm surprised. I, <laughs> like yeah. now you're advocating like, trade and I'm just like, whoa, like as far as favorite players go, he's my, like not Jokic. It's Jamal. Jamal has been my favorite player on this team for the last three years. And I'm telling you, it, the, the, the J- Jamal with MPJ scares me. It, it I really don't think it's going to work long term. I, I know. And, and 
Who are you who are you taking? I'm taking MPJ. Well, one guy has the potential to be an all-star, and one guy has the potential to possibly be a top ten player. So I think I would choose MPJ as well. One guy is also younger. Now, however, you do got injury issues with one guy, but you have consistency issues with another guy. And we've seen the consistency issues guy explode in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I hope they can figure it out long term. I really do, because that's that that is a big three that could wreck the league. Um, But as we've seen, not not all big threes can can last, can sustain together. You know, the OKC big three didn't ultimately didn't sustain itself. Uh, Alex gets team though that wasn't because of the it was right but but think about it now if those guys were still on the same team do you think it would work together as well because we just saw russell westbrook and james harden pair back up and it didn't work so they had had to split up i as far as uh i think it'd be better i think if kevin and and james were playing together i think it'd still work yeah i'll say they were they were really growing together, so I don't know. And and all three their their chemistry was great together. So like I I, I don't know. Well, and one of those guys was coming off the bench too. So yeah. they weren't all starting together. Like the Nuggets they were, now they have their playing, guys. They were playing a lot of minutes together though. Um I don't know. I mean they made it to the NBA finals. So like I you can't say like their chemistry wasn't good. So I don't know. I, that's hard to say. Because at that point, their chemistry was really good. Now, when James Harden leaves and becomes the MVP that he is, and Westbrook eventually becomes an MVP, and then they pair up together after, that's probably why chemistry didn't work. If they played together from the beginning, like they were, and they had stayed together, I think it would have been fine. Uh, Westbrook probably would have never become that MVP um to be fair james harden probably wouldn't have either um so you know roles are different i i don't know i that that's that's really hard to say but i don't know i i no. i just the the james Harden the james harden thing is is really interesting if you want to win now um if you're willing to continue to wait fine but man jamal needs to show something here and the the chemistry with with Jamal and MPJ needs to get fixed. Yeah. And I I if I'm you know and I think maybe I have a little bit less patience. Um, but if I'm Connolly, I my deadline is trade deadline this year. Yeah. I mean I get it. I agree. Especially I just... with the, the only reason that I, why the trade li- deadline to me is by the trade line, trade deadline this year is because of James Harden. Now, if James Harden gets traded tomorrow, then there's no one out there. So you, you just got to wait. You have to write it out at that point. You just got to write it out. I just think Uh it's just a weird year. I get where you're at because that would have been me if it was, if we were going into a normal season, but I get, I get where you're at with Jamal. It's still frustrating, but I'm willing to give him at least till the trade deadline to, to really make my, this I think is the year regardless. This is the year. I think I'm going to, I'm going to make my final, like, Okay, this is just what Jamal is, and this is what we can expect from Jamal. Um, he has the talent to be great. It's just it's just finding that consistency. I don't know why it's an issue for some guys. Like it's it's 
I just don't, I don't get it. <laughs> and when you play with a guy, your best player is naturally passive and can get you into spots and areas on the floor. I just, I don't get it. Um, but the Nuggets, listen, they are in a window and they have, and I'll say it right now, Nikola Jokic is a future Hall of Famer, okay? He's he's already, uh, I think, ninth on the triple doubles list. He's three behind James Harden, who's who's a guard, first off, um, and, and Jokic is a center. Jokic is only, what, 25, 26 in his sixth year. They are in a window. This, I, I get MPJ and Jamal, they're a part of the core, but the foundational piece, at least for right now, continues to be Nikola Jokic. And every year, if you're not building the team around his strengths and who he can elevate, then you're just doing it wrong. So he's he's insane. And I I think, you know, he could probably prove both you and I wrong when we say that a center can't be the best player on a team to win a championship, because I could easily see Nikola Jok- a Nikola Jokic led team winning a championship someday. Now, they're going to have to be built a certain way. Uh, with shooters and defenders around him, similar to a LeBron James team, uh, ironically enough. But if you can do that, you'd have a really good shot at hoisting a, uh, a Larry O'Brien. I also, I also think, um, look at, I mean, I, I guess you either need to look at the San Antonio teams. Uh, I think that's a little bit different, though, different time. I would look at the Dallas team because they had Dirk, right? Dirk played center for a lot of his career. Did he? I thought he was just a power forward. I think so. I think that, well, I think he was always, when they, the the big difference to me is when they got Tyson Chandler and he was, you know, he was the true center on that team. Um, Yeah, I mean, Dirk is listed as a power forward. Um, but I, I think a lot of times that he played at center, I don't, I don't remember them having another center along with him. I mean, I remember obviously Tyson Chandler, like when they won Dallenbert, Spencer Haywood, I think like those type of guys. But if you look at those teams now, I wouldn't say that Dirk is, is the playmaker that Nicole, no, I don't, I don't really remember Dirk being a great passer no, but, playmaker but I'm saying the, the, defensively. Um, I look, Andre, I don't know if Andre Drummond, if he'll be available or anything like that, but I'm, that's enticing, um, to pair with Jokic. I don't, I don't know if, I feel like if you can almost treat Jokic as a point guard, and if you treat him as a point guard, then I would get another big that can help him defensively too. I don't know. That that's just my my thought. I I don't know if if that would if that would work, but um, I mean we don't see a lot of point centers. Like that's what Jokic is. He's a point well, center. Yeah, he's the first pretty much ever. <laughs> like, so. I mean, you've seen passing bit like you know people like Vladi Divac and right. uh, Bill Walton. But Shaq, Shaq actually um, talked about that. It it's different type of passing. They were passing out of the post, and they were great post passers. Um, Jokic, the way he's passing is like a point guard. So well, yeah, yeah. And, and I don't know if those guys 
brought the ball up the floor. Like there's wow. literal times where they inbound it to Nikola and he gets you into the offense. Yeah, that's so, the majority. Of the yeah, um, no, he's a point center, which he's the first of his kind. So like, that's why I think you have to. That all big line. I'm. T- I I I wouldn't mind. I I really am curious to see if they got another center. And could, like another really good center. What about a guy like Miles Turner? Yeah, like a mile. Now he's under all- contract though. Yeah, like two years. Like that's what I'm saying. Like if you if you put Jokic at the power forward and then just essentially put him at make him the the point guard essentially, and then you have, you know, it's a really big lineup. So you got Jokic, say a Miles Turner, Andre Drummond, whoever. But a defensive center like that, the problem is they can't shoot. Uh, so that's Miles the Turner idea. can stretch the floor a little bit. I just don't know if Indiana would be willing to part with Miles Turner. Given it depends on where they're going, but I just don't know if they'd be willing to part ways with him because right. they're they're looking like they're on a good track. But no, it's the the Nuggets are going to have a lot of and and we're looking way ahead. But I mean they're they're past this season. There's going to have to be wholesale change. I think. Yeah. Um, in terms of how this team is built. And a lot of it is going to depend on what Jamal does in, in the months leading up to the playoffs and how they perform in the playoffs. At this point, I think it's just, let's just get in, get in the playoffs. Let's get in how we can. And then we'll worry about it from there because I can guarantee you come playoff time. Nobody's going to want to see the nuggets because they know what this team is capable of. They know what Nicole is capable of. They know what Jamal Murray is capable of. And if MPJ continues down the path that he's going, even at like, listen, he's averaging, what is it? 19, 19 and a half. And the majority of that is just being like a scraps guy, like get dunks, uh, shoot a contested three, stand on the side like he's averaging 19 just doing that stuff, not like with a role like we saw him with a a starring role when when Jamal is out. And what did he do? He put up 30 on you. So now, granted, now you mentioned it. He's he's given up a lot, too, on the other end. So that's going to have to be fixed. And we'll see how that improves or doesn't uh, as we get towards the playoffs. But. It's going to be an interesting year. I don't think we're both on the same page. Nobody should panic yet, but there's definitely concerns and things yeah. to to be aware of and acknowledge. And um, I think we just still need to give it some time. That's why I think 15, 20 games, when you get everybody at least somewhat healthy, that that point, guys should know what their roles are. You should know, you know who can do what. The chemistry should at least be somewhat there to to function. So I think at that point, we'll have a good feel for the team. That's going to do it for us today. For Brandon Stoll on the other side, I'm Steven Bruce Jr. This has been the Behind the Glass Sports Podcast.